Welcome to Gut Check Project. It's episode number 30. I'm here with your host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, Eric Rieger here, sitting now with the founders of Unrefined Bakery in the DFW area. It's Ann Hoyt and Taylor Nicholson. Thank you all so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Founders. We got the stars of Unrefined Bakery here. Unrefined Bakery. The stars. We are glad to be here, y'all. That is awesome. I feel like every single show, we just keep taking it up and out. I'm like, how are we going to beat this? And you go, I know how we're going to beat it. We're going to bring Ann and Taylor on. People that bring cupcakes. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cupcakes that won't make you sick. Uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That is no joke. We're going to get to that, uh, obviously, later in the show. Unrefined Bakery being <laughs> an incredible place that, honestly, it's great food that happens to not make you sick. I don't care that they feature that it's gluten-free and that it could be soy-free or corn-free. They have all of the things to take care of people who have food allergies. The fact is, the food is great. It just happens to be made of awesome stuff. Well, I'll be totally honest. Eric Eric uh, loves your store. He's been uh, eating your, your, your food. I have not heard of it. So this morning, I'm in clinic, and I had a bunch of people, and I said, well, I'm, I'm Unfortunately, I have to keep moving here. I have to get to go do a show, and I explain who I'm doing the show with. And I, oh, I love Unrefined Bakery. I go every time I go to a vegan conference; they're there. Every time I do this, every single patient Good. talked about you guys, and I'm like, okay, we got some rock stars showing up today. I better have my uh, game face on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so quick, we just have to do it. Pay the bills, right? Quick. Don't forget that. Uh, Every Gut Check Project sponsored by Autron Teal, lovemytummy.com forward slash KVMD to get your discount. Of course, it's polyphenols created by the gentleman right across the table from me here, Dr. Ken Brown. Anything to add for Autron Teal before we talk to the ladies of Unrefined Bakery? Well, only thing to add is that uh, everything that you guys tell your clients, we also tell our clients, which is we're trying to develop a healthy gut, which leads to a healthy lifestyle, which leads to anti-aging, which leads to health span it's no longer about lifespan it's about health span how do we live a happy healthy life where we share in this with everyone and the relationship that you two have is so similar to what eric and i have i'm actually (laughs) eric's father perfect and we started a business together yeah i mean you look great well it's it's the polyphenols that's fantastic Mm -hmm. it's an anti-aging molecule (laughs) yeah well working well you want to know what's really cool what Eric's a grandfather also. Yeah. You're a great-grandfather. Great-grandfather. That's amazing. It's, wow. all, it's news to everyone. Well, that's yeah. so great. Breaking news. Here on the uh, show. Before we go with that. I think that the I think uh, teaming up with Unrefined uh, Bakery and discussing the issues of gluten and celiac disease is so close to my heart. So what I thought what we could do today is I want to talk about celiac disease. Uh, we always geek out a little bit, and clearly you two know your stuff on some science. Your sister's a physician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you guys talk science at home. We'll talk a little science. We'll talk a little um, about celiac in general, getting people up to speed. Everybody's like, celiac, do I have a weed allergy? Do I have a celiac disease? Do I have gluten sensitivity? Right. Oh, it's all BS. Who cares? That's all just uh, Hollywood stuff. Yeah, we'll, no. We're going to get into all that. And something to add, um, a part that Ken doesn't always get to see is whenever we refer a patient to visit with our uh, dietitians here locally like Susan Linke, uh, Unrefined Bakery is always a stop that she's continuously recommended for the last several years because when people try to bridge over to enjoying foods that they can then safely enjoy, Unrefined Bakery has been a great, you know, beacon that you don't have to give up things that taste great. You really don't. So let's... uh, 
start with the science. I mean, y'all, y'all have been a great uh, savior for. Yeah, we're gonna let we're gonna let you guys go into the whole story about this. Talk about food, but because this is the gut check project, right. our whole motto is: you check your ego at the door, and we can talk about anything. So today we're going to talk a little bit about celiac disease. I just mentioned in clinic, everybody knew you guys. One of the things, overview, it's a common autoimmune issue. If you're listening to this show and you're like, yeah, celiac, blah, 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 I'm not going to do this. Basically what happens is your body starts attacking your small bowel. But pay very close attention to this show because as it turns out, the prevalence is increasing a lot. We used to think it was like one in 3,000. The most recent studies have shown that it's like one in 184. That was an Italian study that just came out not too long ago. We now know that 15% of new celiac diagnoses are in people older than age 65. So you were quoting Alessio Fasano right before we yeah. started this. I had a patient today that said, you know what? Is it possible that you can develop this later in life. And I'm like, 15% of the new diagnoses are happening at age over 65. So if you think that you don't know or you will never get this, pay attention to this because there is a chance that you could have this. So you may have celiac, not even know it. We're going to get into that. Uh, this is not an allergy by definition. It's, and it's a little bit different than gluten sensitivity. We're going to talk about all that and clarify it. But before we do this, Eric is a huge history buff. <laughs> Yes, I'm gathering this. Your son, you pass that down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) learn it it from dad. Yeah, (laughs) inherited traits. So, um, so, oh, uh, one other quick thing. We always forget to do this. Um, Although I'm a medical doctor, you are a CRNA, and you provide medical care. This show is not intended to treat, diagnose, or do anything um, that they should. But we're just not. Just this is for fun. Yeah, but you're gonna learn a lot. If you have informational. That's the key. Yeah, it's informational. informational. If you have a funny looking toe, get it checked out. Yeah, yeah. if you've got some unusual growth, don't go to Unrefined Bakery yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get, well, no, do go to Unrefined don't. Bakery. It'll make you feel yeah. better. Yeah, if buy you a cupcake, s- feel better. You know what? That's the issue. <laughs> that's gonna be a new recommendation. If you do happen, this is not diagnosing or <laughs> treating, but it will make you feel better. Yeah. If you notice an unusual growth, swing by Unrefined Bakery before you go mm-hmm. to the doctor, doctor. to get yeah. that diagnosis, yeah. so that as you're munching, it's that's like. Right. Oh, take one to your doctor. Yeah, bring some for their office. Yeah, they'll treat you better. Right. (laughs) All right. So what I would like to do is our first ever history quiz. Let's do it. I'm going to assign awards and points on this one. So we're going to do a little history quiz. So the um, this is going to be about the history of celiac disease. All right. In 1888, celiac was first described by this person. Eric, you get first crack at the answer. 1888, celiac was described by this person. I don't know his name. I just assume that it's, oh, you're pointing at something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, it looks like, uh, was it Samuel? Good job. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, you want me to say Bernie Sanders? All right, so my in son is horrible at improv. I mean, just absolutely horrible. Be, We've been working I think on he's this. working. I well, think it's working. I thought you wanted me to guess, so I was thinking. Right. But I, I, I you think probably would have guessed Bernie Sanders, though, right? <laughs> That's where I was going. Well, he was there. Right? Trump yeah. is happy. Naturally, <laughs> I'm just saying. Taylor, what would be your answer in 1888? Um, I'm probably going to go with Samuel Gee, the English pediatrician. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a little closer there. Okay, got it. The English pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And what's your thoughts on that? I mean, Articus to Cappadocius in 200 AD. Wow. Just saying. I actually knew that. She did know that. And why do you why do you know that? I wrote a paper for the Baylor Journal in 2014. Nice. We got some smart people on the show today, Eric. Definitely. So he was a Greek physician, correct? He was. Yep. Mm -hmm. He cut open the stomach and was looking at how wheat interacted with it and 
didn't totally understand it, but knew that it definitely caused trouble. Called it Coliac or something. Yeah. K-O-E-L-I-C. Second century A.D. They were Isn't already realizing. And we have people today going, that's BS. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, you know, humans have only really eaten gluten for 12,000 years, yeah. probably. And so, hence, I mean, hence Bernie Sanders theology. is there, there too. <laughs> Poor uh, Bernie. Yeah, poor Bernie. So, um, he probably invented Eric, the paleo diet. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I have a question for you. Okay. Something occurred in the Second World War that allowed us to realize that celiac disease was caused by gluten. Eric, why do you think that is? Well, Ken, is this when Wonder Bread donated millions of loaves and the Allied forces shot the Germans with ultra-refined white bread causing diabetes? It would have worked and would have delayed the end of the war. Good guess. Thanks. Not saying you're wrong. That was really organic. You know, I know. You know? And so, all right, Anne, I'm going to I'm gonna throw it at you. It was the shortages, the food shortages. There we go. And the incidences of gut disease went down. In the absence of eating the food they'd previously eaten. Right. That, that caused trouble. So without eating the food they were accustomed to eating, their gut troubles went away in the absence of food. So... Food allergy, yeah. Food allergies discovered. We're for not sure. just bakers. No. Oh my gosh, we have. So, uh, one last question before we do it. But if you have any history questions or a history buff, make sure you pop into Unrefined Bakery and just throw out <laughs> random questions. Make sure you ask for Anne on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was actually a Dutch doctor that noticed that his patients were getting better during that. So the last question. This is not going to be a completely academic session. The last history question, Eric, how did this Dutch doctor figure out that gluten was the cause? I believe he locked his kids in cages and gavaged them with pretzels, and uh, that's just wanted to see how sick they got. Okay, so we've had several shows where we describe how animals have been gavaged, and we are always so, so Eric really likes the word gavaged. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially as yeah. written out for me. I, didn't I love even it a lot. <laughs> wrong I'm so i'll it. throw it i'll throw this one to taylor so pretty close to that thank you he did he did take these kids and he gave these celiac children and he gave them wheat and then he just weighed the kids poop and he looked for fat in it to see if they were passing that fat yeah did you know that i did not know this you part. didn't know that part didn't came up in my didn't came up yeah and then so <laughs> that's awesome that was sad he figured out that the toxic part of the food was no, no alcohol. it was alcohol soluble and then they figured this out so it's very fascinating that it's been growing for a long time and now we're finally at this point so celiac disease now that we know the history i just want to give a quick recap as a physician about celiac disease so we can get off the science and talk about the goodness that is sitting on our table right here. Absolutely. So just to introduce, re uh, reintroduce again, it's Anne and Taylor, Taylor, mm -hmm. her daughter. I was exposed to walking into Unrefined Bakery a couple of years ago in Frisco okay. and it was awesome. Uh, my wife was gluten-free and I just happened to stop in. I grabbed a few treats. I was like, man, I hope, I hope this is good because you don't always get a great tasting product whenever it's gluten free. That's, that's the common. That's so true. That's and the common occurrence. When I took it home, uh, it was instant delectable delight for, for her. She's like, this tastes fantastic. Are you sure it's safe? And right. I was like, they said it was. Right. She felt great. Came back. We've we've been customers ever since. Great. Yeah. Do you so, shop in our Frisco location mostly? Mostly because it's the closest one to our GI center. Awesome. So it's, uh, it's just up the road on Preston for us to get to it. Cool. So yeah, it's great. So Ken, you want to ask them how they got it all started? Yeah, absolutely. So celiac disease, we already kind of mentioned that it's super prevalent. It's an autoimmune process mm -hmm. that's happening. 
Um, how do you guys know so much about celiac disease? Well, we're kind of science nerds to the core, and Taylor's little sister Erin got sick in college. She broke her ankle and got MRSA in her bone marrow, and the treatment for MRSA was very <clears throat> harsh and once she got over that, which was awesome, she did, got just sicker and sicker and sicker. Had strep six times one year and mono twice that year and was really failing to thrive and then began bleeding internally. Took her to a doctor. He was amazingly efficient and asked her her heritage and we're Swedish. And he's like, let me check for celiac disease. Sure enough, he biopsied her and she had it. And then we read about it and I was like, wow, you've been symptom, Taylor's been symptomatic since birth and I'd been symptomatic since about 18 or 19 years of age with it really increasing after pregnancy. So we just were like, well, it's just food. Let's just stop eating it. So we did. Um, and I, was, I was diagnosed with milk protein intolerance as an infant. Right. I was taken off um, breast dairy. milk and put on solids by what, eight months, eight and a half months? So roughly. Something like that. I mean, I, I had quite a few gut troubles. Right. I'm surprised she had more children, honestly. I had extreme colic. <laughs> Right. But so, so she'd been off a of dairy forever. And then Aaron, like I said, been symptomatic forever. And we all went off gluten together and ne truly never looked back. Just it wow. was just a remarkable change in all of our bodies. Did you have trouble getting pregnant? I had eight miscarriages. Interesting. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. yeah. 800 to 900% increase in miscarriage. I don't even have to kick any science. They're going to do all the science for me. Isn't so that incredible? So that is actually, that is actually that one of the things that I ask my patients. Yeah, I, just, have you had I, miscarriages? Have you had trouble getting pregnant? And um, and I did not, but I've been gluten-free long before I had my children. There you so go. Beautiful. I've been gluten-free for, I mean, And obviously that never kids. came up, like never came up. So when and you said that your daughter was bleeding internally, you mean that she was anemic and they were doing the workup for anemia or she was actually actively bleeding? She had blood in bleeding? her stools. Okay. So... Yeah, so we just took her right into a to a gastroenterologist that did a biopsy. That's the first thing he did. So she got wasn't it her infectious disease doctor <clears throat> first who passed her on, given her oh. heritage. I thought he looked at her and was so. newly out of school and was like, "You're so no, blonde her and blue. No, her doctor, Where are you from?" Mm -mm. Her doctor was newly out of school mm, okay. and asked her heritage. You're so blonde and blue. And oh, you're hypoxic. We need to get some air in <laughs> You know, Northern European. The blue whole, eyes. The Except whole it. but it's different now. With the, sure. with getting but, wheat across the the world now, it's equally distributed across the globe. But this is, I mean, right, fifteen years ago. Yeah, so they knew super interesting. Less. But so, we didn't even hesitate. We just went off gluten. Let me let me ask you a question as a mom because I have a fifteen year old and a thirteen year old. Erica's an eighteen year old and six, seventeen, almost sixteen, almost almost sixteen year old. Mm -hmm. When you see a child that's sick, it just it takes everything out. Can't you just see it? Like I see or I see kids that, and I'm like, oh, you have celiac disease. Like I can just see it. I, I know what Erin looked like as a baby and her eyes were always like terrible circles and she, she and Taylor always had like skin, you know, skin stuff and Erin was just, her hair didn't grow right. Like it just, she was just pale and not well. And once she went off gluten, it just, it just changed. It was just, it was just remarkable for all of us, but more so for, she was truly, she was just wasn't okay. Man, that's yeah. great. She had, I mean, we, I was symptomatic since birth, but I had, different different symptoms. symptoms than my sister had and you had so. pretty much self-selected already like you just didn't eat yeah. bread anymore i wouldn't for eat bread, decades you pizza had or bread. pasta 
I kind Forever. of self-selected as a kid. I was like, I don't like that. So you knew that it was making you feel bad. You were From poor. a very young age, yeah. long before I probably could even correlate it together, I right. knew that I'd, I stopped eating those things. And she would be like, why don't you want pizza as a kid? Because we lived like, on well, I don't we want pizza. pizza. I don't but like Aaron it. But Aaron and I ate sure. more. Like a lot of people, you eat you eat more of what is making you sick because you don't understand it. Right. You know, your body kind of craves that thing that's making you sick. Yep. So. That's not uncommon. So Aaron and I ate extra bread and pasta. While but we Taylor seem did. we seem to see both sides of it, and with our customer base, like we'll talk to moms whose kids have, you know, are celiac, but also maybe have other combined allergies, and she'll say it's really weird. He stopped eating these things mm-hmm. even before we knew he was allergic, right. and I was like, well, we kind of have used the term self-selecting for that because we see it really frequently. Mm-hmm. Like kids, like my older son doesn't tolerate dairy well. He doesn't eat dairy. He doesn't choose it. He doesn't eat it. Does he have an allergy? No, but he just doesn't tolerate it well. So it's interesting how they you already sort of know that it's not a doesn't jive well with your system, so you avoid it. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing without even knowing it. So. Sure. Well, that's kind of how my wife started. She she was like, I I feel bad and I don't know why. Sure. I feel bad, and then suddenly she starts drawing associations. Mm-hmm. To whether it happened to be enjoying a beer or right. something sure. bread or pizza. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly you're like, what What do all these things have in common? I need to go get checked out. But back in the day, because I can remember seeing a Dr. Phil Donahue show. Sure. And they had somebody on like way, I don't even know what The other Dr. Phil? So, yes. Like so long ago. <laughs> oh, he wasn't a doctor. He was Phil Donahue. My bad. It was the Phil Donahue <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Phil. God, I was like, nothing no. like putting two mm-hmm. two generations together. Anyway, I mean, a long time ago, probably in the which one had the mustache? Donahue. No, they no. both <laughs> do, right? Did Donahue? Have I don't think Donahue, Donahue doesn't have a mustache. He, he was, was before me. I don't know. He just had white anyway, hair they, at the age of twenty. Yeah. But they were talking about a wheat allergy, and I can remember thinking, well, who would be allergic to bread? Like it was so not in our consciousness. You know, oh, yeah. like it just was. And with her, with her colic, I was. I remember for, and I was eating a lot of eggs and a lot of dairy because you know, it was good for you, right? And and I ate a lot because I was nursing her. And I kind of cut it out for a week and she got better. I thought, well, it can't be that. So I didn't keep it going because it just never, They that was 1982 and three, like it, or three and four. They just, they weren't talking about this stuff back then. Right. I mean, they were, but it was, you know, there were some diagnosed cases of celiac disease then as there were, you know, in the 20s and earlier, but not not in the mainstream. I would say people that still don't quite understand the seriousness that can happen from high gluten exposure to people that have celiac disease, mm. they still dismiss it as it not being a real thing. Right. There's patients with celiac disease who dismiss it as not being a real thing. Yeah. I'm well, sure you see it often. We yeah. do. They'll yeah. be like, well, last week I just ate whatever I wanted. Yeah. And, well, but I don't even feel bad. I'm like, well, then you must have asymptomatic celiac disease, but your gut hates you. I correct. promise. Right. I mean, I don't tell them that, but that's what I think. <laughs> sure. Right. So everybody has a story about their gluten, and I right. mentioned mine. So my researcher that helped me develop Atrantil, um, so, you know, our whole thing with Brandy was that she was working for me, and she had enamel problems. She kept going to the dentist and having teeth issues. Mm-hmm. And then we were going to enroll her in a study, and her liver tests were up. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, and she was sick, and she had these weird rashes, mm-hmm. and she'd been worked up. She was came from right. Iowa, where the Iowa doctors said, "Oh, you're fine. It's IBS. It's mm-hmm. all fine." And right. then we were trying to enroll her in the study. She had increased liver tests. We ended up testing her, figuring out she has celiac disease. So then I, out of courtesy, after we diagnosed this, she started feeling better. I would go to lunch with her, and I would be gluten free, and I wouldn't have these other issues. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I checked myself with my at least blood test. I don't have celiac, but then I just started thinking, wait a minute. This whole concept of gluten, you can call it whatever you want, gluten sensitivity, mm-hmm. gluten intolerance, all the other things. So when you say that the spectrum, right, and anybody that's listening to this that says, you know, I, I have celiac disease, but I cheat all the time. Well, you have the risk of developing all kinds of stuff. Sure. Lymphoma. You have the risk of developing osteoporosis. You may not be running to the bathroom all the time. You may end up with uveitis, which is an infection in the eye. This can trigger, and here's the biggest thing that I tell all my patients, you have one autoimmune disease, now you're at risk for every oh, other absolutely. autoimmune disease. We have absolutely. to control right. the one right. so that you don't end up with thyroiditis, autoimmune hepatitis, right. ankylosing spondylitis, and all these others. Right. So when people come into your store and they're like, nah, yeah, I like your cupcakes, but I have celiac, but I don't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. My answer to everyone that I talk to is, do you want lymphoma? Do you want to develop ankylosing spondylitis? And now we're seeing in the future that if people carry this, it leads to inflammation. We know that inflammation leads to dementia and things like that. So protect the gut, protect your body. But people will come to that in their own time, in their own way. You know, you can't, like, I don't preach gluten. Well, we obviously don't. I mean, we're not doctors. We're not offering medical advice in our stores. They ask our experience and what we've seen from our customers. And we give them, you know, stories and tales of what has helped Mm -hmm. us or some of our other customers. But we're obviously not going to tell them Well, what we may do is say, well, you know, we have an awesome pizza crust that you can take home and make your life easier to where you don't feel Mm -hmm. like you need to order out and you can still stay gluten free. We try to just let them know about the options we have because it is very challenging. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think my mom and my sister and myself approach being gluten free from a a perspective that not everyone does. I think we looked at it and we're like, huh, well, celiac disease, probably probably the best disease you can have. It's completely manageable. It doesn't give you bad side effects if you do it properly and it's not that difficult to wrap your brain around doing it properly at least from how we approached it i you mean you just have to accept that food it is, is what it is food. and food is medicine to us right so well, let's look at it beyond it not being the worst disease you turned it into a <clears throat> pillar of a great business yeah, yeah but, but even before we didn't do this oh, for sure, about four sure. years like yeah. one guy came in he goes isn't this the worst thing that ever happened to you and i said no I said long before we started this company, no, it was the best thing. Right. Because look at what it did. I mean, I was what I thought was a super healthy 48-year-old. Like, I was I was in great shape. Mm-hmm. Went off of gluten, and I was 20 within two weeks. But, like, I mean, you weren't. You still had fibromyalgia and no, other that, things and joint away. pain. Well, once you were gluten-free, no, yes. No, no, yeah. Right. But, I mean, I think relatively speaking at 48, compared to other 48-year-olds, I was sure. remarkably healthy. And then, and I thought it was just age. I'm like, oh, I'm aging. I wasn't aging at all. To heck with that. It was just the food. So what do you, why would you eat something that making, that's making you sick? Yeah. I, you I, you I, know. I, I try not to. As I drink my Dr. Pepper still every now and then. So, <laughs> I mean, we, I'm, will, I'm, we will talk about that. So <laughs> we're going to get into that also. We'll take oh, that no. for a second. Can't get into that. I'm just but saying I'm not perfect. A, there, there was a podcast that I, that I like to listen to as a as entrepreneurs as people podcast ca- called How I Built This. Love it. Um, I want to know how you guys built this. Awesome. So my background. So my grandfather, mom's dad, had a franchise of restaurants that he started in the late fifties. Well, that he became a franchisee for in the late fifties. So restaurants are sort of in our blood, but never something I thought I wanted to do. <laughs> Restaurant hours were not something I had a interest in um been there done that i i studied finance and accounting and i used to do litigation consulting it was what brought me to dallas she came to dallas shortly after i did probably my sister graduated was you know off at college and beyond so she moved and 
Well, go ahead. I hope. I hated my job. <laughs> I did not hate my job. She didn't but... hate her job, but it was grueling, and I hated my job, and I had always baked. And What was your job? Oh, I was at a, I came down here as a banker. I'd been working with my dad, and I'd been a stockbroker previously. I have an econ degree. Um, but I hated my bank job that brought me to Texas, but I loved that I came to Texas, and I was like, I'd rather die than keep this job. Like, I've got to do something different. And so she began making these food bars for Aaron in college because Aaron's now celiac and needs food, grab-and-go food. Well, back then, if you believe it, it was before there were bars on the market. Right. Like, you were you were making the bars for my She sister. was making food I've bars for Aaron. Cooked. Okay, nice. So, so she um, was making food bars. She and was she... tired of just eating, you know, nuts and dried fruit, sure. which right. is all she had available. Right. This was right. years ago. So, yeah. so Lara Bar did not exist. So she, Taylor, then she packages them and gets this cute little gold tea, and then she puts a label on the back. And I was like, and then she gives them to people as her as wedding gifts. As well, what's it called? Um, I don't know. Whatever. Goody all bags. the people. Goody bags. Goody bags. Yeah. So then I said, well, it was my idea to start a bakery. She goes, well, do it. Because if you don't, I'm going to do this. And I was just terrified mm. to bake. I had tried several recipes and they had just failed miserably. One day I did like four different recipes of cornbread and several recipes of brownies. And they were just the worst things ever. And I've been baking <laughs> since I was little. And I haven't, I haven't thrown away food since like 1963 or something. So anyway... I was like, fine, I will learn how to bake. So I just really jumped into it, started reading about the different properties of the different flowers. Nice. Because different flowers have different properties. And I figured out about some blends by looking, like stealing some recipe ideas from a lady. And then I took that recipe and I morphed it and took some of the ingredients out. And then we just started baking. I made some bread that I thought would work and it worked and it was great. So we, we adapted old family recipes right. that were passed down from grandmothers that she had quick mm -hmm. breads and dinner breads and things like that right. and just adjusted them to being gluten-free and dairy-free once I've, we figured out how to do i've always been dairy-free i've been dairy-free since i was diagnosed dairy-free at like you know eight months um so we started adjusting all the recipes and we realized hey so you're able to take fa old family recipes we did. that's exactly how we started them. our yeah. first 19 recipes were family they were recipes. sort of our original we still have almost all of them that's nice that, um, that is so cool. There's legacy in this. Yeah. There's, there's oh, yeah. tradition. That so, is awesome. And like my mother baked, her mother baked, her mother, like it's just been my whole mother's whole side are huge bakers. And then my dad's side are super bright, smart, academic kind of people. And it just, we're, she and I are kind of the combination of both sides, which is I actually don't love to bake, cool. which is um, comedy considering it's my business. But right. <laughs> I, I love, I love helping people and I love serving others and I love our product and I love what we stand for. Baking. But you're the nutrition side. Yes. Like, and I like to make everything healthier. Side. Sure. And that's definitely <laughs> of interest to me and always has been. So she took family recipes and then I would adjust it. We would make it vegan or we would cut the sugar. Or we mm -hmm. would increase, you know, whatever it is that we were doing. But so I would make sure that it tastes like if it didn't taste good, like it had to be good and gluten free first. And then if we could decrease, we could take out the dairy and she got, she was so good at it that nothing has dairy in it anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we just got great at taking the dairy out. But it, ha and then we lowered the sugar significantly. But if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to eat it. Right. So there's that balance of, yes, it's gluten and soy and dairy and corn free and 50% less sugar and it's organic, but does it taste good? And so you have to draw that line at having enough sugar that it's still palatable while knowing that you don't want people living on sugar. So we're a really good yin and yang of, of making sure that the nutrition is is acceptable while it's still really satisfying. Optimal while edible. Yes, that's I like great. That. Yes. that could be a t-shirt. Undefined. Yeah. Optimal while edible. Yeah, nice. Edible while optimal. We, yeah. Sure. 
<laughs> so we started we started just the two of us what in, year was that uh, august of 2010 nice well march march we started subleasing space of 2010 um january through march we sort of worked on website ordered labels things things of that nature our first customer came in and we literally went so we were subleasing space we six days a it. month so yeah. you did what i'm sorry we were subleasing space from um a she was like private chef diet. who did South Beach diet. I mean, this is a long time ago yeah, when like sure. South Beach South diet Beach was diet. still a thing. I yeah. mean, nobody even knows what that is today. But so she was, she wasn't a gluten-free facility, but she was, I mean, it was, she, she had was no gluten-free because she, no she was South Beach. It. She didn't do any grains. Um, so we subleased space from her one day a week and then two weeks two, of the month, Friday. two days. Right. So six days a month is when we started. And that was the end of March of 2010. I think the second week we were there, uh, somebody walked in. Yeah, and we had a website. Guy, we're like, but you come and from? he's like, is this is this where I can buy gluten free products? And we were we kind of believe. like, so, what? So, what? How do you find us? I mean, we have a website, but let's back up just a little bit. I'm super into how businesses are built. So, mm -hmm. are you guys sitting in your kitchen making this stuff together and then no. taking it to this place? Or? I was in my kitchen doing most of our recipes and she was in her kitchen doing the food bars mm -hmm. and we honestly thought the food bars were going to take off and that the other stuff wasn't because she found outlets she sent food bars or hand delivered food bars to a lot of people they weren't podcasts back then no food blogs food blogs so she i've been in a food blog situation for i don't know 15 years nice. right so, so we did that and then we did we went to a celiac support group in dallas and mm -hmm. then we went to one in fort worth mm -hmm. or north richland hills north richland hills mm -hmm. and brought our food and at one of those two interesting things happened there the first question they asked was are you soy free and we're like huh and she and i never had had an issue with soy and really weren't paying attention to things besides dairy and gluten and we're like well no but we can be because it happened in both groups that we met with so we figured it must be important and then um at one of the meetings a, a blogger for the dallas morning news mom's blog was at one of the meetings so then she came to us and asked if she could interview us. And she's celiac. Nice. Yeah, she's celiac. Right. So she came and she interviewed us and did a story in the Dallas Morning News, the mom's blog, which got maybe the most hits they'd ever gotten on a story. That's what they said, comments. Yeah, like 80 comments mm -hmm. on the story. So then Nancy Chernin with the Dallas Morning News. Well, hold up. So we were baking in our original kitchen separate on our very own kitchens. I, oh, we'd already sorry. quit our jobs. <clears throat> we quit our jobs at the end of 2009. Mm -hmm. so, Was that... Was that a real difficult decision? You know, because you wanted <laughs> no. out. Was this a difficult decision for you? So I got married the end of August. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. That's so okay. I you got can always uh, hit that if you're oh, doing perfect. that. Oh, yeah, perfect. We, we have a little, we have, Eric and I always <clears throat> do Good. that. So. I like it. Okay. Sometimes. So you didn't, you didn't teach me that. So, you know. <laughs> now I know. I was so much more interested <laughs> in the history quiz. Um, so I got married August of 2009 and I quit my job in November. I think in my husband, like August 29th. So, I mean, we're talking like a month later. And my husband's like, yeah, I, um, I'm not sure if I married Baker. <laughs> He's like, last I checked, you were doing litigation consulting. What happened to that? Um, yeah, but your hours were horrific. No, they were. There was, it wasn't something we wanted. It wasn't sustainable to have a family. So, you know, I quit my lucrative work job. Harder. And now I'm an entrepreneur and I work all the time. So it's even better. It's awesome. Make less money and work all the time. But I love it. So, and it does, it, it fills me. So Do you I think you're it. helping more people oh. suing them or feeding them oh, good food? Oh, undoubtedly. We are making a huge difference in people's Definitely. lives. And it's awesome. Um, so we baked in our own kitchens, yada, yada, yada. End of March, we started subleasing space. That blog came out maybe in April. 
came out super, super soon. So, quick. I mean, we tried to put ourselves out there, but this is kind of, bef this is before social media. I mean, Facebook existed, but it was like a but college yeah. Facebook. You know, it wasn't even for the general yeah. public. So it was a totally different situation, um, which is even hard to believe today. But so then in June, the people we were subleasing space from. No, no, no. It came, we came out in the Dallas Morning News on a Sunday yes. on the back page of the Sunday edition of the right. of the whatever you mm -hmm. open the newspaper up and we're the we're the full page on the back page yeah. titled Building a Better Bakery like I'll wow. never forget it that Tuesday we sell out we're like oh my God people were so excited Wednesday they tell the lady we're leasing from that she loses her lease and we're like what they won't let us put a note on the door. Oh, no. So suddenly she's closed. Luckily, we had already leased a second space. We had seen the success already, and we're like, okay, we just want to. We can do this. So we were, first. yeah, we wanted to just prove ourselves. So we were baking one day a week. We would bake <clears> and we would freeze. And we were so tired. Do you remember? We were so tired. We thought it was so hard. <laughs> well, it was to all bake it one was day a week. <laughs> it was we're just so us. Um, and so then we we went ahead and signed a lease and started started construction and all of that on our first location. And then we lost our sublease because they lost their lease the day, the the day, day after we came out in the Dallas Morning News. Crazy. <laughs> and, we were, crazy. and we were closed for two months because we had nowhere to go. Oh, my. So it, the timing was awesome. <laughs> this is like uh, with Atron Teal where we get storm. knocked off. Yeah, we've been like knocked off Google after we did like a big podcast. And you're like, oh, That's look great. at that. Everybody's looking for us and you can't find us. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> People, I remember years, years later, somebody came in and said, oh, my God, you're still in business. We just assumed that you'd gone out because it happens all the time in new startups. And especially like there have been several gluten-free bakeries that have started and stopped. And it's, you know, starting your own company, is there's nothing easy about no, it. It's not easy. No, it is. Definitely no. not. Easy. There's no rules. So we opened our <laughs> we opened our first what we call our flagship. It was called White Rock. We used to bake there and we had a retail presence. We were open Tuesday through Friday. Tuesday, no, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was at awesome. first. Um, we're like, we have a special. Just, just you two. Yes. Still. We might have hired one person by then. Our first girl was Anna, who came back to us Anna after three culinary degrees. And we love she came her. back to us. Wow. I know. She's massively overqualified, but she's awesome. Um, but it was us for quite a bit. And then Anna came on. And then we gradually started just hiring people. Yeah. Um, and then a year later, we doubled that space. We took over the lease next door and expanded ourselves. So then we had, you know, more retail, more seating. That's when we added coffees added, and teas and smoothies. Doubled and our sandwiches. freezer capacity. So something we do, which is no secret, within about an hour of production, every product we make is frozen. It's packaged and frozen. So gluten-free products on the market are sold frozen. This is no mystery. If it's not sold frozen, then it has a lot of stabilizers in it, which is not something we believe in so sure. we don't do that say that one more time because so if it's sitting on a shelf it's full of junk it has a lot of stabilizers in it stabilizers preservatives chemicals bread is bread you know bakeries sell day old bread bread is not meant to sit around for weeks because it's it molds it has or it gets dry and hard and yeah, nasty they like, sell and they sell day old bread for a reason because sure. right. it's day old so we freeze all of our product as soon as it's cooled so it's perfect for you it, to enjoy for, you know, we say a year. I've definitely found product in my freezer from several years before that that we consume in my home. Sure. Right. So <laughs> I, do I say right. that to our customers? Should you eat your product three years later? I mean, do what you want. We say it's great for a year. Right. So, right. But we freeze all of our products. So by then we needed another freezer. So we doubled our space. 
And then from a business perspective, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but no. I get, I get, I love the idea of the Did entrepreneur thing between the two of us. No, 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 no. I just, I, it's as somebody who's an entrepreneur that is in the throes of it. I'm just bogged down by the, like, I want to know like what the relationship was. Did you have to have somebody analyze the food yeah. after a year to say, this is safe for a year? We did our own. I'll take this part. When we used to bake something, we would put it on the counter. We'd wrap it and put it on the counter. We'd put it in the fridge and we'd put it in the fridge and we would date it. And then we would watch awesome. to see how, how it landed, you know, and see how long it stayed soft and whatever on the counter. And it always got hard long before it molded. Sure. You know, like now a sweet bread, pumpkin, banana bread, it'll mold before it gets hard because it's so moist. But we figured out how it would hold. And that's how we know, like, we found something in my freezer three and a half years later that was dated, and we knocked the ice off of it and ate it, and it was amazing. That's I just sort of an interesting trial, personally. I mean, but we did, so we haven't had anything. Like, we're not gluten free certified because we're dedicated gluten free. And, like, who was it that said, well, I mean, they say they are. We've just developed this reputation where people know that if we say it's this, then they believe that it sure. is. But no, we great. also don't have cross-contamination in our space with gluten and soy. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't exist. It's dedicated. We built out. Right. <laughs> it used to be like a retail facility that is our production facility. Right. And every product we buy is a certified gluten-free product. Right. And by product, I mean <clears throat> a raw ingredient like organic brown rice flour, organic almond meal. Like these things are already certified gluten-free on their own. And that's everything we purchase and we're a dedicated gluten-free facility. And what most people don't understand, these certifications for organic or non-GMO or or gluten-free mm-hmm. are per product. Yeah, They're not per oh, facility. Yeah. I was going to have, I was gonna have Eric comment year. on this because this is the stuff we... It's just killer. I mean, would, would you just tell the audience really quick, so you don't have gluten-free stamp on it, and there's a reason you don't have the yeah, non-GMO, the paleo-friendly, right. keto-friendly... Mm-hmm. Explain to the audience gotta, what you, these mean. You have to pay a license to even have those monikers applied to your label per, per product per product, product. Mm-hmm. and then some of them if it's uh uh what is it the uh, the wheat foundation the celiac foundation not only do you pay the license fee you pay one percent of all of your sales on top of that because they, i mean it's prohibitive for sure. us especially uh, especially with the the number of products we yeah. have if we if oh, we yeah. were just trying to distribute five products across the u.s absolutely they would be certified sure. free and if and when we ever go that direction they will be as well however Am I going to certify all 15 types of cupcakes we sell on a daily basis? That's silly. Absolutely not. We're all eight we're different a, sandwich breads. We're a dedicated gluten-free like, no. facility. We will never have an issue with cross-contamination with gluten. It's never going to exist or happen. And we have literally not had an issue with customers caring about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, getting sick. Well, they never could get sick. Right. We only purchase certified gluten-free raw ingredients. Like, it's... We have strict protocol. We have signage on our doors that asks you to not bring in gluten-containing items we into our stores. We have asked people to leave the we, store. We've wow, asked customers really? to leave. Sure. Yeah, that's because, awesome. Because if customers are sitting there at one of our kids' tables and they oh, and they are, their kids might not be gluten-free, but they open a package of goldfish, it's going to make my next customer sick. Right. So and it could make somebody like like it would just make me sick for a couple of weeks, but it might it could send somebody to the ER like. People sure. can have and so we just ask people to be respectful, to and they absolutely are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they we have people, especially in some of our center, our locations that have like sort of a real walkability factor. If they're coming in with a sandwich as they're walking and shopping, we'll just politely ask them to leave it outside because we're a gluten free facility, sure, and we take it very seriously. Our cus- our uh, staff cannot eat outside lunch. So I just want to clarify one thing that I love the fact that your reputation precedes you, and you right. are above these. 
these different labels and stamps and things like that. But these labels and stamps had to come about because people were skirting the system and they were lying. And that's what the supplement industry and that's what the food industry will do. So another industry was built upon it so that they could at least monitor it. And you guys are like, no, we got it figured out. But I think so often they share a facility, right? Most people don't build out their own production facility. So some gluten-free cracker on the market is being made in another pack cracker distribution facility so they have to test for parts per million because they're using the same machinery because that machinery is hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars so they go through a rapid cleaning process whatever they do and then they test parts per million to make sure it's under 10 to certify gluten-free because it's on shared equipment that's but that's not something we're dealing with, nope. right? Because yeah. we're but our I own also, facility. I would also say that I'm not sure that I think that people are skirting the system relying I think that like if I'm let's say we don't have this great business and I'm wanting to buy gluten-free stuff because my kids are super sick. So I probably wouldn't have done it for me, but I would absolutely do it for my children, right? Which is a lot of what we see at our stores is that's for the, their kids often. I would, I would need something that said it was certified because am I going to trust Blow Joe from, you know, whatever town in some state that I can't get to? You know, we've earned this reputation because we grew organically, pardon the pun, from area to area to area within the DFW area. So we're still in a small area, even as we ship nationwide. But I also think there's a lot of trust within that dedicated gluten-free facility. I will eat somewhere that's dedicated gluten-free. Definitely. I will not eat a cupcake from somewhere that just sells a gluten-free cupcake. Nope. Because it's probably sitting next to the gluten-free cupcake. I have been burned on it so many times. you You should see what our facility looks like. Like we built out a dedicated room in our facility now to do the mixing because flour goes everywhere. And after one recipe, there is a there's just a shroud of flour all over everything within, within oh, 20, 30 feet. Her like point to that is there. that if it's a traditional bakery, you they're can't. getting that flour everywhere. everywhere. You can't. You can't. All of ours are gluten free, so we do it for cleanliness and right. various other things. We but she's just keep it out of the machinery. You know, I didn't even think about fine that. gluten oh, everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah. It just it just goes up in the air. You can't help it. Like. People sometimes get upset that we have sprinkles, right? But some kids, they can eat it, so it's no trouble. So if they can't eat gluten, soy, dairy, corn, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, but they can eat our cookie and our cake, and they want to feel like a kid by having sprinkles on it because, you know, Sally gets sprinkles on her cake from whatever bakery. By golly, we're going to have sprinkles. It's not going to cross-contaminate. Right. Just don't, we won't get sprinkles on your stuff. Like, it's okay. But gluten, and it flies. It just flies. Yeah. So y'all had the first store, mm-hmm. and it's now August 2009. We've, we've gone all the way to 2010. 2010. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, when did you start to realize, hey, we've got something successful, and we might even grow to a point where we have more than oh, one location? we knew it from the get-go. Right. So I think it's more of, could we keep up? Oh, okay. So we knew that the demand was there immediately. Sure. So we doubled up our location. We built out a <clears throat> triple-size freezer than what we initially had. This is at the White Rock location? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as we doubled up White Rock, we <coughs> then we're like, okay, a lot of our customers are coming from the north. Hour and a half away. Why are people driving from so far north, from McKinney, Frisco? You know, now it's Little Elm and Prosper. But then it was like Allen, Richardson, McKinney, Frisco. Um, <coughs> so we started looking up north, and we opened our Frisco store in September of 2013. Okay. So it was our second location. Mm-hmm. Now, we'd already doubled our initial location, but it was our second location and then, and then we opened November. <laughs> we opened our third location in November of 2013. Um, but 
That was unusual. We, we would traditionally never open a store that quickly back to back. Sure. But, but no, we've done that two more times. It kind of, <laughs> not two months apart. Yeah, we did. We opened Medallion in, in March and we opened Fort Worth in in uh, June. So Medallion are you guys, move. Are, you, are you all self-financing this whole time? Yeah, we yeah, are. That, it's a, we're all self-funded. So that is, that's bold. Impressive and yeah. awesome. We are crazy. I like to say we're just crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So that's yeah. part of what, that's part of what our, I wouldn't say delay, but it's not like we have immediately bombarded the whole market. Sure. But we see companies do this all the time and it happens constantly, especially in this healthy eating space. There's multiple name brands that you can look at across DFW that have done this. They have popped up 25 stores and then they close 22 of them close in three years. So it's happened time and again in this healthy eating space. I mean, it happens in restaurants, especially, but in retail, when you expanded just out of curiosity, obviously going from white rock up to the Plano Frisco McKinney area probably mm -hmm. made sense because you could tell where people were driving sure, from. Just absolutely. Like you said. Plus we were trying to spread it out. Sure. We didn't want to monopolize with, ourselves within like, you know, a doable distance. Okay. Like we didn't go to Austin because it would have been too hard too to control. I understand. You know, but we felt like we could control from and we White Rock to Frisco and we could. And we didn't feel like a Frisco market would cannibalize our White Rock that store right. either. Um, so that was our initial goal in our growth kind of market. And we looked at some of these other healthy eating space brands that have popped up all over and we looked at where they were and we looked at where our customers are coming from. Did we pay and have studies completed? No, no. we didn't. Okay. But we looked at our, our customer base and where we would want to shop because we are our own customer. That's interesting because I, uh, I, uh, there's, there's a friend of mine uh, from my hometown and he, he started Taco Casa mm -hmm. okay. and the way he's decided on where he allows people to have a franchise mm -hmm. and open up a place is he will look for a Taco Bell, and or a McDonald's mm -hmm. and then see what the traffic they've already done their yeah they've, they've done, done their they've done the NA. Right. so right. I'm thinking you're at your store for if I remember right it's on Hewlin is yes. that correct it's underneath Central Market so, <laughs> so yeah so not far from Central Market but yes. it would make sense off right. of Hewlin to be in sure. a place that okay right. so Absolutely. is that kind of how you piece that together because your yeah. Frisco location makes sense right I mean we grew up in the business we've watched I've gone with my dad to look at site selection <clears throat> with a national franchise group so we and she grew up running those stores um, so we kind of knew the brains behind that, but also we're a destination location, whereas most restaurants are not mm -hmm. most restaurants. It's a cluster location, but we're more of a destination. We're very unique. So that that's why we could open up. Our first location was probably in an ABCD spectrum. It was probably a D location or a C location. I think it was, I think it was technically classified as a C location, mm -hmm. but, but it didn't matter. Never. Like today, wouldn't we would never put a location in a C location, but it was our original and our. But flagship. it had things that we looked for. It had parking, sure. which is a huge thing to yeah. us. Like parking's huge for us. Our, you know, soccer moms are a huge part of our clientele. I'm my, I am my own clientele. My kids are both gluten free. So I just want to comment on this because you said something really cool. We could have paid the money to have market analysis, but we knew who our clients were. We know our customers. Right we Love are that. our customers. So that's we have we have baked for ourselves the entire time, which I also think is why. The quality is different than most gluten-free places. We literally eat our own food. And if I don't All like it, our own food. if I don't like it, we don't make it. Love that. Because I've got, she calls me a super taster. Like, <laughs> you know, it's got to have enough sugar, but not no, too much. No, it's like really annoying. No. <laughs> but it's great. And, you know, both sides. It, yeah. I just, it has, if it doesn't taste good, why are you going to eat it? Like, it's. Baked food is comfort food. It makes you feel good. Like the first gluten-free bread I had after we got diagnosed was a, I'm just, can I say the brand? No. Don't say the brand. 
It was a white hamburger <laughs> bun. See, look, I filtered. No. That has never happened. Imagine. Put it on the calendar. Imagine. Never happened. <laughs> it was a hamburger bun that was shelf-stable for a year, and it was on the counter. And it was just like almost like eating styrofoam. How delicious like, do you think that was? N- not you know, really. and I was like, so we didn't eat bread. Like I literally, none of us ate bread till we really started baking because we just let it go because it wasn't worth the calories. Like to me, sure. it's like carbs are a happy calorie. And if it doesn't taste good, then why are you going to eat it? But it's true. Like we will dine out and my kids will say, I'll ask them. I'll, I'm like, buddies, do you guys want a hamburger bun today? And my oldest Hoyt, he'll say, well, who makes it? Who, who, what brand is it? And he's like discerning. He's like, well, if it's that, I don't want that one. Nice. And right. he doesn't want it. He doesn't like it. It's not his it's thing. Not, it's just not worth the calories. Well, that's not how a nine-year-old that's not, thinks. That's not how he says <laughs> it, but, that, but that's what he's thinking. Like, it's just not worth the... He's like, I don't like it. I'd rather have more French fries. Sure. Like he, so he's know. already made, but he's making yeah. those choices sure. without knowing that he's making those choices. But right. We, so back to your, did we pay for market analysis? No, not on we any didn't. Of this ever. But we're, we're also not necessarily answering to anyone either. We are, which is nice. We are our board of directors. We are our bank. We are. Love it. We have the ability to make those decisions. Where, you know, the larger companies, they might have to answer to their investors or whoever else and say well, this they would is have why. To. Right. Yeah. What, this is why they want to put something somewhere, and this shows that. But. So when I when I read about different successful companies, one that comes always pops into my head is Southwest Airlines. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the CEO, you know the name of the CEO. I always Gary Kelly. Name. Yeah, there was, Just keep her around. She knows everything. <laughs> it's a, um, because we have to deal with this where you're like, you cannot please everybody. Right. And it's the whole story where uh, a woman was complaining and would send in emails about how she didn't like this, this, and this, which are all standards for Southwest. Like, you're going to wait. You're going to get in group A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And he wrote back, thank you for being our customer. We hope you enjoy the next airline you fly. Basically, we're not catering. This right. is who we are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to cater. Sure. The people that want to come to Unrefined Bakery, mm-hmm. they know what they're going to get. They mm-hmm. don't need a stamp on it. And you built this with right. your model, with your convictions, with your money. And so you don't answer to anybody. And you can do this unapologetically. If somebody says that the super taster did a bad job tasting, doesn't matter. She's a super taster. <laughs> there you go. But on, but on the flip side of that, we do very much listen to our customers. Oh, absolutely. And that, I think, has been probably our most pivotal point of our success. Right. Is that we listen to what our customers want. Do we listen to their complaints? I answer them all personally. She does still do me every single one of them. Um, but you know what? We have we have very we have very very few complaints. Our our customers love us. People cry in our store. It's actually a part of our training right. for our front of house staff is how to deal with a crying mom because it happens really oh, all the time. weekly oh. in every store. Give me an example yeah, of how that, that would go down. Okay, oh, I, I now want to give one. Sure, you give one. I'll give one. Lady comes in years ago. Her husband's with her. She's got it's from we were White Rock. But you could repeat this like every week and every in the week. Store. Yeah kids in tow and they're all like got Cheshire cat grins and she walks in and she goes what's gluten free happens all the time we said everything and her husband and kids knew but she didn't know it was like their gift surprise to her and they brought her because she I'm gonna cry and she just started crying she and normally it's the parent crying for the kid but this was the mom that was celiac and the family had done this for her and brought her to us and it's just, it's why we do what we do. Like, it's why, it's why we've grown. It's why we've put the money back into the business to get into the market as best we could to make sure that we'd be successful. Because if we didn't grow like we did, somebody else would have come in and grown. And people have come in and some people have already left. Um, 
But we needed to saturate the market as best we could with our own limited funds because we, we think we're the best in the country at what we do. We're, we're organic. We pay attention to the ingredients. We do as little sugar as we can. We do as, the least harm that we can with the best ingredients that we can to bring you the best product that we can. And I think that we succeed. I mean, I think it's good food. As a customer, I could say I trust everything that you're saying. It's Thank delicious. You. And we're we never, really care. We won't ever make sacrifices in terms of the quality of our ingredients. If anything, we have we not, so not if anything, we money. have simply improved the quality of our ingredients. We never started being as organic as we are. We're basically 98% organic today. Sure. Um, they're, you we know, start off being about 50 or 60%. Like when they were kids, I tried to buy healthy food as best I could within the realm of what I knew back then. Um, and we started off being gluten-free and then immediately went soy-free and then quickly started taking the corn out because people said, can you take the corn out? And we're like, well, even, and we didn't even use an organic corn at first. And then we're like, well, we can use an organic corn. But even then it's just a starch and it doesn't really add value. So it's causing people trouble. But it just snowballs. I mean, the more you, the, the more we know, the better we do. Like that's how we have grown our And we're better at making recipes now. Yeah. Like everything's better. How hard is it to, when somebody says, can you do something without soy? Can you do something without corn? How hard is it to redo these recipes, the familial recipes? Oh, it's so hard. It was very hard, but it's it's complete. <laughs> so we're not, there's nothing more to change at this point. Mm -hmm. Today, we, we've kind of focused more on growing our keto line. That's been our largest. So these days, not only are we a gluten-free bakery and, and, you know, an allergen bakery in general, that's sort of how we're known, but we're, we're also known for just catering to special diets, whether that's, and I don't mean diet as in, oh, you're on a diet. I mean, diet as in, this is Lifestyle. how you fuel your body. Sure. So whether keto, vegan, paleo, those are all diets we cater to tremendously Ve vegan because by eliminating dairy and eggs, such common food allergies, we have vegan products and then keto because we already it's difficult. Keto baking is intrinsically difficult, as is paleo baking. Paleo baking is easier than keto baking. Let, we need to back up. Paleo baking is no grains, no sugar, no dairy, no legumes. Keto takes it further. They don't want even the sugar from, say, the bananas that we would use in a paleo muffin to sweeten. So they want an alcohol sugar to replace the sweetener so that the body doesn't take it as a sugar. And they want so And no starch. And no starch. So you it's can't under use the 20 total carbs per day. Wow. Just a little explanation there on. So diets. you're baking pr predominantly with eggs and nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds, and a lot of people do keto in a very 1990 Atkins way, where they're supplementing with cream cheese and other things that they're baking with. But our keto is all organic and dairy free, which is highly unusual in this That's space. That's super hard because when I tried keto, it was basically do cheesy eggs in the morning, cheesy eggs for lunch, and cheesy eggs butter for dinner. Butter bombs, you know, yeah. little butter. Cream don't cheese and don't eat too much avocado because you know it has too many carbs. <laughs> you have to be really careful. That's awesome because what I'm hearing though is you're meeting your customer where they're at, but doing it with your standards. That's right. exactly right. We we know we that, won't change our standards. Yeah, yeah, our people come here, mm -hmm. and I hear that you're wanting this. We're going to try to meet you, but we're going to do it this right. way in the most ethical way possible. I think it's somebody fantastic. said to me, "Well, I had a keto cupcake the other day, and it was better than yours." I was like, "That's awesome. That's great." And yeah. and they emailed me the ingredients to it. Because they thought we should make it, and I was like, "Well, none of the, we don't use these ingredients. Yeah. We you can't even pronounce these ingredients. Like this is not this is this is not meat unrefined way of doing anything. Right? Like right. it's not organic pastured eggs. It's I mean, we're just not going to sacrifice our kind of core competencies and core beliefs to make a product that she thought was more palatable. She's welcome to well, buy their cupcake. And just to clarify, the reason we do it that way is because we really think that the 
the junk and the food, the, the reason it's called junk, you know, the chemicals, the preservatives, the additives, the colorings, all that stuff, we believe to our core that that is part and parcel to why people are getting so sick. It's not just the gluten and it's not just the dairy, it's not just the sugar. It's the combination of all of that junk. I couldn't agree you know, more. So. Well, I mean, so everybody sits there, and so I get this all the time where patients will will tell me, oh, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I feel a little sick when I have gluten, but I know that's just a, a, a thing that doesn't really exist. And you start looking at, okay, it's not just the gluten, it's the amylase trypsin inhibitor that's there, That the that's the GMO wheat that allows it to be pesticide-free. Now right. we know that that creates intestinal inflammation. Right. That's a very simple thing. Now we know, I had a patient today where she was talking about being bloated and I, she had her a pocketbook out and a, and a protein bar was sitting right there. And I was like, do you mind sugar if I alcohols. look at this? And I pulled sugar alcohols. Winner, winner. It said no, it said non-dairy, non-gluten, but it was making her bloated like crazy. Mm. Sugar alcohols. But look exactly. at the mouth tall. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And right. then, yeah. And so it's, it's funny. You're exactly right. Once it gets put in a package, can sit for a year on a shelf. There's all different kinds of things right. going on with this. Right. So y'all y'all are up y'all just opened your seventh location? A seventh retail location. Seventh <clears throat> retail location. Mm -hmm. And y'all also do special packaging and shipping for people who are on the contigu contiguous forty eight. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We okay. ship to all forty eight uh, lower states. You know, the forty eight contiguous, contiguous. As you said. Yep. And then um, we also have a pretty large wholesale business. Hold on. And one special customer in Alaska, I'll just say. Nice. One special shout out to my son in Alaska. My brother lives in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, but we used to ship him cookies in Iraq. So Yeah, we did. Alaska's oh, nice. nothing yeah. compared yeah. to Iraq. Wow, that's fantastic. And y'all yeah. do cold pack uh, shipping. So we this. ship with dry ice across dry the U.S., nice. but it's not required for everything. So some of our products, especially locally within like a UPS grounds delivery system within a day, mm -hmm. which is Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas. I mean, a pretty good chunk of the regional U.S. that we're in is next day. So most of our products can ship next day. No problem. I mean, we ask for you to freeze them to prolong shelf life right. and but they're not going to go bad in a day. So a lot of people opt against the dry ice shipping, but then things like our cakes and our cookies, we require dry ice shipping for. Sure. So a lot of people will add that, plus their breads and other things to their cart. Or pies. Check out. Yeah, we ship our pies. Pies can are you, fantastic, by the way. Can you give me, since I've not, so Eric is seasoned with your stores, but I've not been into one of yours, which I'm going to do probably tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me the, the you, like a brief list mm -hmm. of the types of products that you carry or sure. that you make? Yeah. So when you walk into our stores, we kind of, act as though the freezer section of the grocery store you shop at, whether it's Central Market or Whole Foods or Kroger or anywhere else, you look in the freezer section of the gluten-free staples. You have your sandwich breads, your dinner breads, your hamburger and hot dog buns, all your various muffins and your pizza crust. Pizza, cr pizza crust is in our top three most popular products. It's awesome. Pies. I mean, y'all have doughs too. We do. We have pie dough mm -hmm. and cookie dough. Pie right. dough and cookie dough. Okay. So we, I like to say we make everything gluten-free with exception of pasta and crackers. So pasta and crackers are not items we make, nor will we make. People are like, oh, you should make that. I'm like, well, I never made it before. I'm, I don't right. have the equipment we stick for it. Expertise. So pasta and crackers are never going to be something in our wheelhouse. It just doesn't work with our model. But anything baked, whether it's quick breads or, you know, and then obviously all of our cupcakes and cookies and custom cakes. Custom cakes are huge for us. Custom cakes? Mm-hmm. Anything like fifty percent of our sales? No kidding. Shut the front door. And and who is that? <laughs> a little high. Well, because well, I just I think know. that that is that is so labor intensive. Oh, well, it is, but our but really good where else it. are they going to get a 
Gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free, peanut-free, tree nut-free, Okay, but cake. where else are they going to get a cake that tastes that good? And that, that is amazing. Every recipe is a custom recipe for that item. Like, so, it's not like we use a mix. Like, every recipe is a different Do you go so far as to do, like, wedding cakes and stuff like that? Oh, we do. Absolutely. Wow, you guys, you, you guys <laughs> do not hold back. That's all her area. That is all her area. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm, I make it taste good, and she helps people make it pretty. So we have a cool thing that our you know, unrefined loyalist follow for us. Um, we have our cupcake of the week or our cow, as we affectionately call it. It launches every Friday. I believe this is the Cult following. seventh year we've done cow. <laughs> so we've been doing it every week for seven years, a new cupcake of the week. Launches every Friday morning at 9 a.m. on social media, and then it hits all of our stores that day, whatever time they open. And then lasts until it sells out. And it's always a custom flavor. And we bring back our favorites, like, what's today? Thursday? Tomorrow, one oh, of our. Gonna I'm going to go ahead and oh, say no. it. First one time of ever. Our, one of oh, our. Oh wait, is this like an early leak for the an cow? An early leak for the cow. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow is our Cookie Monster, which oh. people go nuts for. So it's like a chocolate chip cake, and it's filled with a chocolate chip cookie cream, and it has a whipped vanilla on buttercream topped with um, chocolate chip cookie crumbles, and it's. People just love it. You are going there tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the best one is the. Overload, the chocolate overload. And then we do it's my cho- favorite. Chocolate over. So we have like probably five most requested cows. The overload's one of them. It's a chocolate cake. It has our fudge brownie baked into the center. And so it kind of is gooey and then crispy on the top. And then it's topped with chocolate on buttercream and dark chocolate ganache. We do that oh, in, in what we call a reverse. <laughs> and we have fun naming them. We Like early we on, we do contests for people to come up with new ideas. And con- like our, our signature cupcake is called a loaded monkey. And that and was one of cow. our, it was one of our early cows, maybe our second or third and people loved it. And I was like, oh, well we could just, this could be our signature cake. Sure. So it is, it's our signature cake. So we have a cookie. cake Loaded with a peanut monkey. in it. That's our signature cake. But we, <laughs> but so our production facility is peanut. <coughs> it's a peanut free facility, but our retail stores have peanuts and they, but they don't have peanut for anything that's packaged. So anything that's packaged has right. never come in contact. And can I just say the wonderful yin and yang that happens with two people that are equal owners, right? And. First of all, her friends are like, it's so nice that you let your mom work with you. And my friends are like, it is so nice that you let Taylor help you out with this. Like they are completely convinced that the other one is just, it's just along for the ride, right? But Taylor comes to me years ago and says, I think we need to do a new cupcake every week. Kind of spice it up. And I said, no, we have vanilla, we have lemon, we have carrot, and we have Vanilla with strawberry. That is, and chocolate. Like, who needs more than that? Who needs more than five cupcakes? Who needs cupcakes more than that? Like, because they were great, right? We have more than that. Oh, now. she is single-handedly with this cupcake of the week. And I could never do it. Like, my brain doesn't think that way. I'm the one that gets in and spends 52 hours nuancing a recipe to make it perfect, which she would never. She'd be like, oh, it tasted fine three weeks ago. Like, let Visionary it Visionary implementer. Absolutely. We're just different. We're just different. She's super creative, and the cupcake of yeah. the weeks has just been... You watched some YouTube even... video of that uh, of that little chimpanzee eating the fermented fruit, <laughs> falling off the tree, and you're like, "Loaded monkey!" That's our new cupcake right there. <laughs> we did a that's contest awesome. for that we name. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyway, that's thank God we the cupcake. Whoever we... feels the most strong wins. Like so before always. we get into that, really quick, I just want to talk science again, really quick. Okay. So celiac, you can diagnose it through um, blood and also biopsy mm-hmm. and treatment. I have a new treatment. 
Uh, what I'm going to recommend is if you get diagnosed with celiac disease, you will move into an unrefined bakery for a minimum of three months. <laughs> yes. And just lay out. Just mm -hmm. Perfect. Just lie. realize that you're not going to lose you your guys, life. You guys should start doing inpatient rehab for right. celiac. Right. You can tell when you somebody know, comes in new, You can. it's like that orphan Annie deer in the headlight look. And they literally, look we can spend like 45 minutes with a new person. Sure. And we'll walk, depending on what they're allergic to, and we'll walk them through. We recommend, we sell gluten-free for dummies or living gluten-free for dummies. Just... Because people, they just, they're so overwhelmed by it. And so, we remember what that felt like. And food is so intrinsic to our culture. Like when you're told that you or your child specifically can no longer have the sugar cookies for Christmas they're used to decorating with their grandmother or the birthday cake or cupcakes they can share with their friends or just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that they, the only thing they'll eat in their lunch, you know. I mean, we're talking celiac here and not necessarily other food allergies, but it's so overwhelming for people. Most lose, people, yeah. most people don't approach it. I feel like with the same level of okay, well now we're going to be gluten free that we approached it with, and we realized that. I think we approached going gluten free with a, a gusto that most people don't. We always talk about the fact that being lonely is just as dangerous as smoking. And do you find that people, when they walk in your store, suddenly find a sense of community? Oh, absolutely. Yep. And, and we hear their stories. Love to talk about their history <clears throat> and what brought them to us and what brought them to gluten free and how being gluten free has changed their life and. Mm -hmm. It's no joke. And it is a community. Like mm -hmm. people, everyone talks to each other. They'll come in, there'll be six people in line at the cupcake and they'll be like, oh my God, have you tried the, have you tried the retro? It's my favorite. I buy 12 at a time. Or they you have to try the They have something they can connect with. That is so it's cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Is, and people love it. And everyone sure. talks to each other in our stores, which is like customer wise. I mean, it's super cool. I we think love it's it. It's awesome. So your life does not end at your food allergy or diagnosis. Right. No. And your healthy life begins. Totally. Yeah. Or even You're going to feel so much better. If it's any of the major food groups that's in all the processed food, gluten, soy, dairy, corn, that's in everything. Like if you can't eat any of those items, you just suddenly, it's a different world. And especially if you've eaten a sad diet, standard American diet, which is very <laughs> sad, predominantly. <laughs> and you're love told that. you need to go like, Gluten, dairy, soy, or even just, or just gluten free or dairy free. It's so overwhelming. Sure. Because people don't understand it. If you're used to being a drive through goer, it's going to be really hard for you to adjust to cutting out one of those items. That's why I think that we should start the unrefined bakery <laughs> inpatient rehab. Yes, because okay. Because if you, if you check yourself in, these are a few of the things that yeah. you're going to be exposing. 100%. To. Would you like to talk about this? Well, it's one of our first 19 items. Um, People literally take it and they come back and they say, what'd you put in that? Crap. It's called the mix. It's called the mix. Um, it, it, they apparently can't duplicate the spices in it because they try. <laughs> They're like, I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and I can't get it. And I literally, I sat down to watch a football game and next thing I knew it was gone. Like, what did you put in it, crack? We've... For 10 years, that's been the description of this yeah. food. It's our only People product love it. that's made Is from it rude to eat live on the show? You go. Well, I'm going to try it. It's, it's our only item that has conventional grains in it. Yeah. Um, but again, it was one of our first 19 items, and people would kill us if we got rid of it. And it's sure. in a lot of... Oh, I've had it. Oh, you have? Yeah, that's right. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I've had this yeah. before. So it's like it, all the Eatsies carry it. It's one of Phil Romano's uh, favorite products yeah. in oh, Dallas. Oh, Eatsies carry it? Yes. Oh, yeah. They've carried it for... 10 years. years, nine Dan, years. Dan McDowell talked about that on the ticket. They were super early. Are you serious? Yeah. So I would normally mute my mic here, but I no, think no, you shouldn't. It. It's crunchy and awesome. It's a good bar snack. <laughs> so kids of all ages. How you adults. thinking, Doctor Ken? Oh, he's shoveling more. It's yeah. so good. 
So people love the mix. That's, That's you know, really good. it's unique. It's, oh my goodness. I, it's definitely doesn't necessarily fit our profile in general for what we do. It's a, a hell, it's a, just a fun snack. So we have a box here mm-hmm. of, of some of the treats. I haven't seen them yet, but I will say that one of the coolest things beyond even the food is your logo and your colors. I think the boxes are cool. Thanks. So when you gift things, which Isn't my wife fun? and I have done, yes. it, it looks awesome. Yeah. It's not just some Thank you. throwaway box. Anybody, ha- cool. anybody has a we, pink we or white box, We put money into from the get-go. Like, that's one of the things we so, did. Oh, in here, oh, that looks so good. We have okay. some incredible Taylor, delectable. Taylor, why don't you tell them what they are? What yes. Are they what are all right, now, well, as you do this, is this all that we know it's gluten free? Is it it's soy? It's all gluten, soy, dairy. This is blowing my mind. Free. No way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hold this one up. Sure. That's so loaded. that's that's our loaded monkey. That's a loaded <laughs> the monkey. Loaded, the monkey. loaded monkey. And warm that thing up for like 10 seconds in a microwave. Oh, my Lord. It, it is it, So it's a banana chocolate chip cake, and it has chocolate peanut butter fudge filling and a peanut butter on buttercream. So this is probably oh one of our cupcakes I'm the most proud of, and I think Ann probably is as well. So yes. this this happens to be one of our cows. It was last week's chocolate ras. So it's a chocolate raspberry, raspberry cake. But what I'm so proud about that cake, so that chocolate cake I think is the best cake we have. And it is free of every food allergy. I mean, obviously, you could technically be allergic to anything, but it's free of gluten, dairy, soy, corn, tree nuts, peanuts, and eggs. It, and it's like, literally like 60% less sugar. People are like, well, what, what wow. is it? What's in it? Like unicorn tears oh, it's and so pixie much less dust. Sugar. All it's of awesome. our cake is about 50% less sugar. I literally just chop the sugar and you can see how small the icing is. Sure. And it's not because we're cheap. It's because we're by, it's by design. Right. We think you just need enough. Right. You know, it's it's fat and it's sugar. You just need enough. Now the icing is awesome, but like most cupcake places, the icing's like this tall and it's the cake's like that tall. Fat and it's organic, organic fat sugar. and sugar. Yes, that's vanilla. Yeah, this is a vanilla. But cupcake. then that was vanilla, even less sugar. Vanilla. Like we really try. <laughs> I like this new role that Eric's doing. This is a vanilla cupcake. Yeah. Vanilla. So that's are you Vanna? <laughs> so yeah, sort of. Totally. Vanna. Just Van. Van. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's our carrot with unbuttercream. So our standard icing is called unbuttercream, which is just our buttercream, but it's dairy-free. No so butter. it's unbuttercream. Right. Nice. Combination so of organic is it, fats. Just out of curiosity, is it ghee? Or? No, it's no. not. It's wow. just a blend of oils. Nice. And the, the, secret is, the secret is how we make it. Is it is it a spoiler alert if I ask what kind of flour you're using in that one? In the carrot? Oh, no. They're all different. The Oh, man. And go back to when you <laughs> so, always put the recipes so together. Carrot is br- uh, white rice, tapioca, and sorghum. Oh, good job, Taylor. Oh, this is no joke. You guys were like really experimenting back in the day because if you're combining all, it's usually, oh, that one's almond flour. Oh, that one. Oh, no. They're no. all at least three, if so not that's five, part, six, seven oh, flowers. Oh, this is what makes it so, so that's successful. Part of that's what yeah. makes it work. And then the, oh. this one, the white one has, um, I totally threw away the book and started over on that one because it's super good. It was it was too dark. Taylor's like, people say it's too dark. I need a white cake. And I'm like, we're an organic bakery with brown sugars and brown flowers, and you want a white cake. Yeah, so, you want a whole wheat. Uh, I mean, uh, but let me say, wheat, but. white rice, sweet rice, arrowroot, potato starch, and sorghum. Wow. I think. Wow. That, and, and tapioca. A lot like of that. A lot. You're like... That's when it took like 52 hours. So to it's even just called chocolate. That's just our classic chocolate. Oh, classic it's chocolate. So good. Also it's the base vegan. of that one. Yeah, it's the same cake. It's and awesome. And the last one that's uh, in here. So that's our fudge brownie. Here, with, it out of we put oh, it in the big cup so it doesn't fall over. Gotcha. So that's our fudge brownie. Have you had our brownies, Eric? I have not had oh, the fudge brownie. You will Is be your, Does your wife like chocolate? Uh, she She's actually kind of on the fence on chocolate. Okay, well then, so am I. The chocolate's really not my jam, but it is like fudgy and rich and has a nice... 
It's awesome. One lady years ago. It has five ingredients, the cake, the brownie itself. In 10, in 10 years, one person has said, oh, I didn't care for it. And I said, you didn't care for it? And she goes, I said, can you tell me why? And she goes, well, it's ooey gooey on the inside and it's crispy chewy on the outside. And I said, <laughs> you <"Yes."> nailed it. <laughs> that's, that's right. And she goes, no, I don't like it. I'm like, well, but that was what we intended. Well, so if you wanted a cake like you. brownie, <laughs> eat the this, cupcake. Eat the cupcake. <laughs> The yin and the yang of chocolate. That yep. is awesome. So those are just some treats. Thank you all so much for bringing all yeah, of this welcome. stuff. Y'all are the very first ones on the Gut Check Project, episode 30, to show food to well, anybody. And did we oh. know that there was video in no, this? We no, thought this we was did radio. not. Y'all are not the first ones that we're surprised that we even do a podcast. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I was like, is it radio or podcast? I'm like, surely it's podcast, right? So then I Googled it and found that it, I'm like, it's a podcast, which my mother will be very happy about because now she gets to listen to it. Because huh? she said, how can I listen? I'm like, let's hope it's a podcast. I'm like, it is. Nice. Well, you like, can listen to it. Like like all things, this podcast sort of started out as just um, we, we, were, we were with Spoonie Radio. And then, then Eric and I decided that this is really a way for us to learn some stuff. And man, I love your story. Thank this you, is thanks. so cool. This How I built this. This is a fantastic story. Go ahead. Shout out. If, if it were me, we would have gone under years ago with the best product ever. Luckily, it's not just me. And she has kept us alive, kept us afloat, done the book. Thank God everything. you let your daughter help you out in your I business I know. Venture. Thank God. I let her sit <laughs> yeah. in the corner, critter in the corner. You got to be a proud mom. Work. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so proud. You should I'm be so, so proud. proud of her. Yeah, I'm yeah. so proud. So I don't, uh, don't want to lose anybody. I know we're getting the show notes. We'll have all of the links that you sent okay. over, et cetera. But Perfect. where can people find Unrefined Bakery online and then find your locations? So you can go to our website, unrefinedbakery.com. And then locations we have across Dallas-Fort Worth. So we have one in Fort Worth, one in Frisco, one in Rockwall, and then we have four in Dallas proper. So we have our brand new Uptown location that opened a little less than a month ago. Oh, that's not going to do well at all. Yeah, it's a terrible <laughs> Goodness location. Goodness gracious. So it's, it's right at Pearl. walk off the park. It's like, right oh at Pearl Lord. and McKinney. It's a pretty awesome location. Um, we have our Medallion Center location, our Preston Center location, and our Lower Greenville Avenue location. And as we uh, referenced earlier, everyone can order online, of course, for shipping Absolutely. no matter where they are. Correct? Yes, right. of course. All right. Right. And we, yeah, we gave a little discount code to your followers. Too. Yes, oh. you'll see it in the uh, in the show notes. And if you happen to be looking at gutcheckproject.com, gutcheckproject.com, if you're only listening on the podcast I uh, or Apple Player, gutcheckproject.com, go to the show notes where we've had Unrefined Bakery. It's episode number 30. And then you'll see the link with the discount code specifically from uh, from us we'll probably also make the code available at the uh, gi clinic and yeah that's awesome we could that. even do we can even do we uh, we do a lot of research and so but our, our background we always try to find things we should do the whole unrefined challenge where it's basically if you're making an appointment with me it may take a little while anyways i'm going to challenge you that i need you to eat 12 cupcakes log your bloating score come in with the empty box and then tell me how you feel i'm like you probably have celiac yeah that'll be awesome and don't forget that it's not just cupcakes Oh, right. you breads, doughs. We, yeah, we yes. make the staples that you that you need in your life. The cupcakes are fun, but you need. We didn't breads even have cupcakes need... for the first year. Like right. literally, we were a bread and food bar bakery. And that is not so. A staple. So knowing that people eat like whatever <laughs> ten billion chicken wings, we get people. The Super Bowl's coming up here. We got the what is the unrefined pick for the Super Bowl here coming up? And everybody needs to get a bag of the mix <laughs> for the Super Bowl. You should probably get more than one bag. Oh, and yes. a tray of brownies and pizza. Oh, and Uptown Store is selling pizza. I'm going to give you a hint. Take the Chiefs because Mahomes is from Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Chiefs. Pretty solid. Yeah. And it's the been, Chiefs. what, 50, 50 years? <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, check They're us. hungry. If, if you're only watching us for the first time because you're fans of Unrefined Bakery, check out Gut Check Project. Like and share. Like and share. This is what we do all of the time. We talk about health topics. We talk about food topics. And please connect with us when you go and do the cupcake of the week. Yep. The, 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 cow. The, the, cow. the cow. And you have ideas. And we, oh, I yeah. Mean, send them to us. We want to start intermingling our, our groups together. Yeah, for sure. Super proud of what you guys have. Super proud that you offer food for my patients because I have a huge celiac group huge food sensitivity group and now i'm gonna just start funneling it i'm thrilled that we have this show for one reason one reason only that i can get one of my patients to walk in your store and start crying yeah, oh, yeah. tears of joy it'll be yeah, awesome it's awesome well, Taylor and thank y'all so much thank for you, driving over, right. hanging out with Appreciate us. It. Super fun, it was awesome can show. Can we do this a couple more hours? This is fun. <laughs> oh, you can. We, okay, y'all can come back more. Bring some more bread. We'll, <laughs> oh, we'll, 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 we'll bring bread next yeah, time. Yeah, okay. we'll do. We'll do anything. We'll we'll bake a pizza. Whatever it takes. Perfect. <laughs> well, that'll do it for episode thirty. Doctor Brown, anything else? No, this is awesome. Thank you so much once again. A mother daughter team. Team, not team. We're equal team. partners. Equal team. partners. Yes. Rockin'. I wish you both the most success. You come from a place of love. You come from a place of caring and it shows everybody can taste it in your food congratulations and Thanks. wow Thank great you. job you bet. thank you great appreciate it see y'all next time Thanks. bye